0: Hello and welcome to That Band Life. I'm Jeff Young, a teacher from Carmel, Indiana. And I'm Bobby Lambert, Director of Bands at Wando High School in Mount
1: Pleasant, South Carolina. That Band Life, a podcast about making our careers as music educators more fulfilling so we can be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative. This week, we're going to be talking about rehearsal planning.
0: But before we begin, I want to tell you about the Dynamic Marching Shop. This podcast is coming to you ad-free and one way you can support us is by visiting our website dynamicmarching.com and purchasing products through our store at some of the most discounted prices on the web on things like shoes, rifles, podiums, megavoxes, and even maces. I know that many times you continue to order our products. I know that many times you just continue to order your products from the same people every year, but if you look at our prices, you might change your mind. We even offer deeper discounts on large orders. Please give us a chance to win your business, and if you need it for marching band season, you better get on it. I just got <laughs> uh, a good shoe order today from Chris over at Brownsburg, uh, so nice. bring it on. Let's go.
1: Well, this topic is maybe not the sexiest topic that we've ever done on that. Well, let's be serious. How many sexy topics are we doing <laughs> right. on that band life? Right. But it's one of those that at this time of year, you know, everybody's over their excitement. You know, Band camp came, and the first few days came, and even the kids are already like, okay, when is fall break or when is Christmas break? And so you have to really get into the trenches about making progress in your program or else all that excitement is going to be wasted. So Jeff had a great idea of let's really talk to the folks about what we do with monthly planning weekly planning and daily planning and what we decided to do is kind of compare some of the things that Carmel does and that Wando does and I know Marion did and all the things that we all did we felt like those were really key points that everybody should try to do so Jeff I think is going to start us off with that planning at the monthly level
0: well I think uh, just to say first I think every band program needs the CEO of that program you know the head director to be on top of this at all times and I'm just really lucky I get to work with Chris Craky at Carmel, and he is always planning. And, and I love that because uh, I like to have a good plan and he likes to plan and it, it works really well together. But um, when I'm thinking about the next month, so we just started school. We have a little bit of a time until the first competition, but I'm really thinking over the next month, what do I have to teach to prepare the students for any situation they might find themselves, you know, in the show? And so sometimes that means tailoring fundamentals each day to hit some of those skills, whether that's visually or musically, is you don't want them to be making their own decisions without uh, without the right fundamentals behind it out on the field. I don't want kids asking me, should I jazz run here? You know, and you don't want kids asking how an articulation should go. And then you're on the middle of the field when you have other things to worry about. So I think it's just have you taught them all the fundamentals they need to make good decisions on the field? And I kind of think of it like a tank track, you know, um, I I want to keep coming back to things. I want to I want to hit on something and then at least once a week over the next month, I want to come back to that topic. And there's lots of different topics we have to do that with. The other thing I'm thinking is I'm thinking ahead. We need a retreat block. We need a pregame block we need to know like now that we pretty much know all of the numbers for each section we can set these and and even use it for daily fundamentals whether it's you know in the block or um, in across the floors and and what i try to do since our brass and wood ones are pretty similar the brass are a little bit bigger but i'll take our normal large retru- um, you know stretch block and then split that in half and they know how to go straight from that into across the floors. So whether we want to do something in the block or in across the floors, it's a very quick thing. Uh, the other thing I'm thinking about right now is uniform care, behavior, etiquette. I want to make sure they know exactly what's expected of them taking care of the uniform, wearing their uniform, and and, and all that stuff that we need to talk to them about at some point before the first uh, competition. Um, and honestly, I really want them by the end of this month to have confidence and swagger. And so we start, you know, most fundamentals rehearsals uh, with the, the swagger walk or the schwalk, as I call it. And it's just I just I'm like, hey, guys, walk across the field, walk these three yard lines as confident as you can. And th- what I'm trying to do is get them to find their inner Peyton Manning vibe or LeBron James or whatever. You know, like I want them to be able to, to just carry themselves with swagger.
1: I think what's so good about what you're talking about, Jeff, is that, and this is the thing where I think especially the lone gunmen, these are the, the band directors that are the single band director at a school or even maybe a smaller staff. This is, I think, a key point that they're missing every time. Uh, just being able to take 30 to 40 minutes, either with the staff or by yourself and saying, okay, what do we need to make sure we're doing in a month from now? when I I can tell when I don't do that because I become very reactionary instead of being very proactive. So I think no matter whether you're one single director or you're one of 10 staff members, you really have to think through the idea of what's coming up next month and, and what do I want to make sure what big concepts I don't leave that meeting with more than about two or three ideas. Like for example, for us, um, On the concert side of things, this month we're finishing up Fundamentals of Tone. And we have the four aspects of the Fundamentals of Tone. They have to have the right and clean equipment, posture has to be in check, air quality and quantity have to be known, and the embouchure has to be firm yet relaxed. And next month we'll go into the Fundamentals of Timing. But for this, I want to continue on with that idea of the tone. Like we do, like you were doing uniform care, we do instrument care as well. And we decide that at the beginning of every month, we want to make sure that we have an inspection of the instruments, making sure they're clean. I have wasted a lot of time trying to work on sound and tone, only to find out that half of the flutes have a missing spring, or they have a key that's jammed. Half of the brass have junk in the mouthpieces, so it's changing the intonation. So this this is a, a step that I think I would miss if I weren't thinking more on that monthly level of every month, we're going to check the equipment and make sure it's clean and good.
0: We had one of our trumpet soloists. We have four trumpet soloists in our uh, ballad this year. And one of them just sounded terrible at rehearsal. And, and Mike Pote walked out there and he's like, well, he's playing on his starter instrument with a mouthpiece he never plays on. <laughs> you know, oh, wow. So, why are you bringing that out here? <laughs> it's a ama- you, you can really spin your
1: wheels and i've seen several directors spend a lot of time trying to get something to sound better uh, literally 15 20 minutes when it was basically change the mouthpiece two seconds and now it's something different so well you know what they that- say about
0: assuming you know <laughs> you, you're yeah. assuming they're playing on a good instrument and a good mouthpiece and with a good embouchure then you're probably missing something
1: when you ask your kids, when's the last time you've cleaned your horn? They were getting ready to lie to you. Yeah, I don't care what they say. They're getting ready to lie to you. So we, we've really put it into our schedule this year. Every last few days of the month, we're going to set ourselves up so that the beginning of the month, we can do instrument inspections and make sure that we have the best equipment going through. And again, all that comes from just looking at a month long view of okay, the long game. It's it's the whole idea of playing golf. You know, this is the drive. Like I want to go in this general direction so that I can lay up here. I'm not going to go I'm not going to aim for the hole per se. I'm going to try and set myself up to be in the best possible position a month from now.
0: And and like we've been talking about lately, only you as the director can determine what your month goal is for your program. It's going to be very right. different for a lot of us. So,
1: Right. We sit down with our visual folks and music folks, and, and they'll tell me what they would ideally like to have. But you see, they're planning for the entire rehearsal to be about them. I have to be the one that then balances, okay, we've got to do the fundraiser talk here. We've got to do the uniform handout here. We've got to do these forms here. And and so it's my job to kind of filter or maybe even uh, funnel all of that information into usable
0: time. That's great advice. Hey, let's talk about the week. I know that, um, you know, when I approach a week, the thing I want to know marching band-wise at the beginning of the week is, are we going to learn new drill or not? Because that's really going to affect my whole plan for the week. It helps me mentally prepare if I know that one, two, or maybe even three days of that week is going to be really focused on learning drill because then i know fundamentally we're going to be crunched for time um, and i know the the students their brains are going to be a little bit fried so that's something i want to know at the beginning of the week Um, i want to know how much time i'm getting each day now if i'm being honest uh, we've been working together a long time and i pretty much can guess now it's it's when it's when chris comes to me and throws a curveball at me and says you have no time or you have an hour Where I'm like, oh, okay, let me rethink this. But honestly, I pretty much know I have from 345 to 415 every day. And he's not going to mess with that time uh, at all. Um, I like to make a a schedule that includes everything we need to repeat. Like I said, the tank track kind of thing. What did we do last week? What do we need to do to hit hit this week uh, in order to hit like a different skill, but also review something we did last week? I know choreography is always on my mind, uh, especially new choreography. If you don't hit new choreography two or three times within a ten-day stretch after they learn it, it's going to be folklore. They're going to, you know, they're going to kind of remember what they did, but all the counts are going to be gone. So I have all that written down, and I'll, I'll try to hit that a number of times right after they learn it. And uh, I know I'm talking really fast, but um, I start to put together a remedial block this time of year. And this week, that's kind of what I'm doing is I'm making a list of students that, you know, they're in the dirty 30 in the group. And I I like to start taking them out. Now, this is not a punishment. Uh, It's mostly young members and it's mostly people who maybe aren't as coordinated as others. Um, But. Um, I'm lucky enough to have Joey Weaver on my staff and he can take the rest of the, the, the wind players and percussion while I take this group, because, you know, I feel like they need me the most, you know, I, I want to put my most time into the 30 kids who marched the poorest right now. Those will pay dividends later.
1: I think one of the things that's interesting about that, Jeff is one of the things that we really changed uh, a number of years ago at Wanda was, rarely do I want everybody doing the same thing at the same time. Now, yes, of course, we, we eventually get to that. And there is a portion of that at every rehearsal, but people will learn the least in a large group, the more focused and smaller, the group you can make it, the more effective the teaching is going to be. So if you're one of those folks, it's like, you know, I grew up having a, a fundamentals block for 30 minutes and that's what I'm going to do with my band I think there are some smarter ways that you can work a lot less work a lot smarter and actually make the kids retain the information a lot more. So I think that's a, that's, that's one that I'm I'm making sure we're staying up with as well. We On talk concerts, about that a
0: lot in our, uh, excuse, sorry for interrupting, but we talk about that a lot in our professional learning communities at Carmel in the classroom setting mm-hmm. in that you have your students who are right with you. All yep. good. You have your students who are, Two days ahead of you, and they're bored. What are you going to do to extend that learning? How are you going to make them right. even better? But also, how are you going to bring you know that ten percent of the class that's not quite with you up to speed? And what what extra things do they need? So I think, you know, sometimes band directors sit in 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 the uh, uh, professional or the uh, faculty meetings, and they go, "Come on, this doesn't apply to us." But I think that does apply. You know, right? You're it always going to have students at those three levels. Well,
1: I think that you could, I can predict who's going to quit band every year. It's the kids who don't feel like they're making any progress, either they're so far ahead and they're not getting any better, or they're so far behind and they're not able to really make any kind of, uh, forward momentum. Those two groups are your quickest ones to, to drop out. And I think it's in that weekly time that you can lose them. You know, we never, rarely does one incident cause a kid to quit, But it's kind of the whole idea of death by a thousand paper cuts. Sometimes I think kids, if you don't handle this weekly planning well, and you're doing the same thing over and over again, you're basically damning them to going to faculty meetings nonstop. You know, think about that. If you had to be told, okay, you're going to go to five faculty meetings today, all of us would want to gouge our own eyes out. But sometimes we do that exact same thing to the kids when we don't have a clear plan for the month and then we live that plan every week. Um, For me, the thing I was going to add on to this, very little, is just saying procedurally, we want to make sure that every week we have a clear plan, especially for the processes that we have to do. For example, this has our first home football game this week. So two Sundays ago, I let everyone see this is a typical schedule for a football game, and these are kind of the general facts. Then this past Sunday, I sent out a minute-by-minute schedule and kind of a frequently asked question sheet that I've used every year. And basically, I can go in and just adjust you know, maybe about three minutes of work and send that out, and parents are really excited. I know I've done a good job when there are very few questions that are asked about the procedures. So I, I started that by saying, what's every question a kid or parent could ask, and I need to send that out at least a week and a half in advance so that they can have some time to mull over it. And then I blast them again. Like tomorrow, I'll send a, we have a clear bag policy in our stadium. I want the parents to know that. This is how we're going to do third quarter breaks. This is how this works. The more information you give, the less you're going to have to answer questions at the wrong moment. I'd rather answer it on my time then answer it on someone else's time. Uh, I use Google Docs and simply reuse every year. Like right now, I have a, a, a folder that says football games, and there's one folder inside that that says first football game, and it has the PA announcements I have to do every year, the uniform procedures, which we use a summer uniform here in the South, which is basically tennis shoes, shorts, and a T-shirt, and the parent facts. And I just go through two weeks ago and just kind of update some of those things, and I send it out on Sunday, and it works exceptionally well.
0: Do you organize your sock drawer this well?
1: Um, Man, I am all about the KonMari method. I have things (laughs) so that I can see. Literally, though, if you saw my Google Drive, it has like Wando yearly, fall folders, spring folders, those kinds of things. So it's kind of time. Do you have a folder uh, that says
0: this doesn't bring me joy?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Those are faculty meetings for me. Very much. Uh, Very much.
0: One uh, Going back to the idea of the uh, remedial block, but also challenging the, the older, older or maybe the students who are just really good at what they do. I, I really think the way that we've been challenging some of our older students and the ones who just are really, really good is by making them text. And, you know, yeah. we have visual texts that are students and music texts that are students. And we're like, hey, you guys go help these 30 kids and they, they feel like you know they're contributing in a different way so that's just one idea i'm sure there's lots of i'd love to hear other people's ideas how they challenge their their top group and how they you know move along the bottom kids so
1: absolutely and and if you if you give kids the opportunity to help others you know that's leadership and it's ownership and i am so impressed with how our kids at wando especially these last 2 years have really stepped up i i catch the kids who are uh, sometimes those too cool for school kids, they love having a little freshman buddy that they can take out and really teach them. They take so much ownership in that. And what's cool is when anyone else says, oh, you know, so-and-so is kind of a bad marcher, they get offended <laughs> and yeah. shut up. Kid. It's sort of like, yeah. I, c- I can make fun of my sister, but you can't make fun of my sister. Right. And I, I love that ownership they take.
0: All right. So let's talk about day to day. Now, this obviously is going to be different for each each band director out there and staff members. So just to take take it with a grain of salt. This is what I'm thinking about right now. We have Mondays off and and obviously Sunday as well. So Tuesdays are pretty rough for me, uh, for the whole group. Um, And so what I've decided to do this year is on Tuesday, I'm focusing on stretching, loosening up and reps. I'm not going to get into detail and any sort of style detail. You know, I want them to be really, really loosened up and stretched well. Um, ever since I, we did that podcast uh, with the Marching Health guys and Elliot, um, I've really committed to doing dynamic stretching every day. And um, especially on Tuesday, we'll take some extra time with all that. And I will not expect them to be good at detail right away. Um, Wednesdays are all about detail. We've gotten that first rehearsal of the week out of the way and usually i'll focus on one skill um, joey yesterday was working with them on just right angle direction changes so box drill you know it's an old school uh, activity that works really well on that skill um thursday nights we actually have a night rehearsal on thursday and most of it's in our stadium on the turf under the lights, you know, when it gets a little bit later in the season, this is a perfect opportunity to focus on performance quality and swagger and not get bogged down by, you know, let's learn a bunch of fundamentals or let's get a bunch of details in. This is all about just being awesome where you actually have a press box you can point your horn at. So I love that. Uh, Fridays kind of depends if we have a football game or not. Sometimes uh, on football Fridays, things are a little rushed. If it's just a normal rehearsal, Um, then I will go back to some reps and details on on something we need. Um, Saturday, those are my favorite days, even though they can be very long. Um, This time of year, I usually get at least an hour of fundamental time. I also, last Saturday, probably had three hours of teaching and cleaning choreography. Um, Obviously, as we get further along in the season, less of that will be my time. But right now, this is my favorite time to have just time, you know, hours and hours to teach and clean choreography.
1: Well, I kind of took, uh, I I basically went through and and looked at what I literally have planned for tomorrow with the Wando band for marching band. And so, and I send this out to the staff about an hour and a half before each rehearsal. And this, this year, I'm actually trying to send it out at the beginning of the week so they can plan. The tough thing with us is the weather is so fickle here that I usually have to wait until that day to find out what the weather's going to be. And I've even gone to, I'm making a rain plan virtually every day. But so for us tomorrow, we have uh, some goals that we want to do. We're adding some drill onto the closer and we've we've done about 15 sets of it so far. And I kind of have a little formula that i use if we're reviewing drill i like to spend on average about 3 minutes per page and if i'm learning new drill especially complex drill i try to do 5 minutes per page now does each one take that much time no but we all know that you know you get to one certain set it's just a bear to put on the field so you take 10 or 15 with that and the rest may take 3 but on average i i do that and i it works out really well and tim cole our visual caption head he he sets a lot of our drill for us and does a great job. So we do about a 15-minute physical warm-up not has nothing to do with marching band. It really is from the marching health folks. Uh, and now Tim is actually also doing a little bit of endurance training, some some cardio and some things like that. And then we do 20 minutes of straight-up visual work. Uh, Usually it's a fundamental that we want to focus on that day. Then we do 20 minutes of what we call split arcs, where the woodwinds do a specific warm-up for them and the brass do a specific warm-up for them. Percussion does a specific warm-up and guard does one. And then we come together, the the winds and percussion, for a 20-minute, we call it usually concert arcs. Uh, so that we can just run through a few things together or we'll do like pre-game or halftime run through stuff like that. And then I have those, the drill that's there and the last five minutes I have as announcements. Um, so it's, it, uh, the big thing I would take away from that is I rarely will do anything for more than 20 minutes. I just find that if we, if we spend more than 20 minutes on something, it, it, uh, starts to get fuzzy after about 25 minutes. So we'll do just like, we'll work on the opener for 20 minutes and then work on the ballad for 20 minutes. It's not like you have to change the whole thing, just the focus is a little bit different. Now for my symphonic band, uh, we have about 47 minutes a day and I think of those in kind of like 15 minute chunks Uh, with a little bit of time of transition in between. So we do 15 minutes of personal warm-up and ensemble warm-up. And just because our monthly plan for all of our concert bands is about tone right now, we're doing a lot of long tones and and whole tone scales for range and blend and lip slurs for flexibility. Um, Later on, we'll do scales and articulation exercises and a chorale. And then we'll do 15 minutes on a piece of literature and 15 minutes on another piece of literature. And that's usually about my time when it's all said and done at that for that for that group with my younger bands we're actually really fortunate to have a 90 minute block with them so we do the first thing we did at school this year was i want to teach you how to personally warm up in a healthy way just like we do physically i want them to do that musically as well so we spend a lot of time on here's the first thing you play should not be hey baby Uh, The first thing you should play are long tones. And so they have five minutes of personal warm-up time that they do that I'm standing there in the room just monitoring, making sure they're doing the right stuff. It also gives everybody just a chance to get their brain around, now I'm not in math class. Now I am not in English class. I am in an interactive, engaging medium that I have to interact a lot more with. And then we do 40 minutes of ensemble warm-up, which I know people are going, no, you don't, you're lying. I promise, I, if I do less than 40 minutes, something has happened. 40 is my minimum. And so we'll do, like right now, we're working on vertical alignment and timing and just using the metronome and really trying to get tone and time together. Um, we started today doing audiation, and that is just being able to sing what you see on the page. I have a couple of little simple exercises that are scalar. And I'm trying to get them to sing solfege and make stuff go because, again, we're in the month of tone and that work, and so that's what we'll do. Next, we'll go into sight reading and um, timing, but that will be later in September. And then we'll do 40 minutes of literature and the application of fundamentals. So, like, right now, I'm picking literature that really focuses on great tone quality. Uh, Erickson's Air for Band, for example. just It's all about tone quality, and that's where we are. So that month to week to day is vitally important. And what's great is I I know when I've got that right, when the kids are happy learning. You know, it's yeah, not Bobby, just about we, my...
0: I, go ahead. We've, you've mentioned this, uh, how you have kind of tone is this month and tuning is next month and that sort of thing. I just think that's a wonderful way... Uh, of approaching that month because you're not walking into the classroom every day going and just listing the tunes on the board that you're going to go over. It's like, you know, we have a goal. Everyone understands the goal. It's not hidden. I'm not just coming up with it on the spot. I think a lot of people would find their job a lot easier if they just did something like that.
1: Right. I have to spend, uh, I spend, I think people would be shocked at how little time we spend on music Quote unquote literature in front of us now we play a lot of literature but because we've worked on those fundamentals especially the timing aspects so well we were fortunate enough to have a, a person visiting us and um, you know we're reading some new things for our Midwest uh, performance and we're, we're going to do the uh, suite from Candide the Leonard Bernstein and we were reading the first movement um, uh, best of all possible worlds and so we we had We'd been talking about it. We'd been setting it setting it up, but the kids hadn't seen the literature yet. So we, I put it out, and we sat read it. Down tempo for sure, but we could go from the beginning to the end, and nobody got hurt. And as we were leaving the the rehearsal, the, the gentleman that had come to watch us had said, "So how long have they had that?" I said, "Well, two minutes ago. They they really just got it and read." We're really proud of that. We're, we're, we're proud of the fact that the kids are much more engaged and involved in the music making process. We really are just directing, which is our job description, as opposed to manipulating or rote teaching or whatever. And I think you do the same thing visually at Carmel. Like when you said earlier, I, I don't want a kid to have to ask me if they should jazz run this. I've had kids ask us that all the time, but I'm like, wait, we should do the exact same thing we're doing musically, visually, on that aspect. And I think we're getting much closer to that, but we still have a ways to go. So getting this monthly, weekly plan makes your life infinitely easier, I promise.
0: And I I don't think you have a trademark on timing, tone, tuning, and technique. (laughs) So maybe... no. Maybe we could tell all of our listeners this week that that's their homework. We like to give homework around here. Absolutely, and I can I tell think that'd you that'd be awesome.
1: Yeah, Gene Corporon kind of coined that, but he took he got it from someone else. If you look at the the original rehearsing the band book, he has a whole article about. How he thinks about putting music together, and you know, people can debate whether those are the best recordings. But I can tell you, they're they're very clear. When you look at a score and listen to his recording, you can really see and hear everything that's on the page. I couldn't imagine just starting that and and being as accurate as they are. So that I and he he talks about this is how I approach the piece. What do I need to know tonally? What are the intonation issues? What do I need to do timing-wise? And we've just applied that to our entire curriculum. So if you looked it up, I can tell you literally in January, we will be going to chamber groups and solos with the idea of tone being their individual responsibility and what can they do more with it. We just recycle and cycle through. Well, so if anybody cra- wants
0: more, uh, more content on that, we did an hour-long video on that last yeah. summer that's up on the website now with you talking about those four concepts. So if you want more, if you want more information, go check that out. Um, before we wrap this up, Bobby, I have a few things. Um, we obviously want our listeners to subscribe and follow us on the various social media pages and interact as much as you can. Um, also you could email us at Jeff at dot com, Bobby at dynamic com, and share your wins and losses together. We can learn to be better music educators and, uh, Just thank you for listening, and until next time, I'm Jeff Young. And
1: I'm Bobby Lambert, and this has been That Band Life.